0: Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you hello everybody and welcome back to the best practices in human resource podcast this is Brenda and I am excited to have you guys here again joining me if you are a loyal listener follower and have been coming time and time again. Thank you so very much. This is just fantastic. And you know what, I would not be able to do this without you. So I really, I really enjoy the fact that you come back and thank you so very much. <clears throat> and then if you are joining me for the first time, welcome, welcome. Um, this is a, a pretty fun place to come and really what my role is here is to kind of help with you share the what and the how in what goes on in human resources. And, and I'm in the human business which means that there's a greater n- number of dynamics in the workplace um, that require balance and manage management. But really, you know, that's all part of the game. But today we're going to talk about um, some juicy things today. We've got The one thing that you all have been waiting for all week since last episode, poster updates. (laughs) It's the one thing I know you guys just can't get enough of are poster updates, but that's all right. They're important. You need to have them in place. Um, We're going to take a look at employment law changes across the nation. We're going to talk about how HR helps 10 business pain points. And this is where you can really leverage your skills, your knowledge, and put them to work to help the business that you're working in or help the business you want to get into, haha, address and deal with their pain points. Um, also um, we've got the HR question of the day and lastly I'm going to teach you how you can get best practices delivered to your inbox. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome show. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, before we go further though, I just want to make sure you guys understand that the information that is available through this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purposes of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respects to any particular issue. If you do not have an employment attorney, please let me know. Reach out to me and I may be able to refer one to you through our affiliates program and our friends over at Jackson Lewis. Okay, <clears throat> so let's knock this out. Poster updates. Now, uh, in the last episode, uh, we mentioned the list. And I think we may have added a couple. Um, I don't honestly remember. But that's okay, because it's important to stay up on top of these things. Uh, The New Year is coming down the line. Posters are changing with the... uh, You know, every state has something new that they've added to their books or they've adjusted like two words in a sentence and now you have to have poster updates and that's just kind of how it rolls. Um, But it's something you definitely want to stay on top of. And our friends over at the Labor Law Compliance Center uh, are the ones that help keep me updated so I can help keep you guys updated. So the following states, effective January 1st, you've got less than two weeks So order your posters and get those things up to make sure that you're compliant. Here you go. If you are in the states of Vermont, South Dakota, Oregon, Ohio, Montana, Minnesota, Maine, Florida, Arizona, and Missouri, you all have poster updates. Again that's Vermont, South Dakota, Oregon, Ohio, Montana, Minnesota, Maine, Florida, Arizona, Missouri. You guys need to update your state posters. I have not seen an update for the federal posters as of yet. I haven't seen anything that's come down the pike on that. <clears throat> but you do need to keep both your federal and your state up. And if you happen to be a federal contractor, you also have to have the federal contracting poster as well. So <clears throat> reach out to our folks at uh, Labor Law Compliance Center. You can actually get to the link by going to the bestpractices.work website, clicking on affiliates, scroll down, and you'll see their, um, their image and their icon and their logo. You can get 25% off your purchase, and you're going to be able to use one of two codes. And I'm giving you both of them because I'm not 100% sure when the change is going to take place. But if you put in posters 2019 or posters 2020, you'll get 25% off your purchase price. Oh, and by the way, you also won't get any of those nagging scary emails and naggy scary mails that uh, mail that comes to you and snail mail trying to convince you that you're out of compliance and oh my gosh your posters are out of date and when reality you're not so you can actually take those and throw them in the trash or you can put them in the shredder and have a little rite of passage whatever you like to do that's not a problem but just rest assured that you're not going to get that kind of information coming from the Labor Law Compliance Center and our pals over there okay so Things to talk about. What is going on in the nation and, and the employment laws that are changing around the country? Um, I don't have very much, really. Believe it or not, we're going into a new year, and there's really not a whole heck of a lot going on. Just got a couple of call outs. Um, First one is that the USCIS has announced the implementation of H-1B electronic registration for 2021 cap season. We're already talking about 2021, but it's coming down. And so USCIS has actually announced um, the implementation implementation program for that. Also, this is kind of interesting for you folks out in California, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has filed a suit to halt AB 51. Again, that's AB 51 or AB AB 51, but the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is actually in court working to put a stop to that. Over in Colorado, um, the Colorado Labor Agency has adopted wage rules that actually now include a bar on vacation pay forfeiture. So you want to take a look at that and um, Get caught up and make sure that you are not forfeiting people's vacation when you shouldn't. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the, also, over in Illinois, the governor over in Illinois has signed employer friendly amendments to their recreational marijuana law. So, <laughs> yet another change in the landscape of what's going on with marijuana. Uh, Maryland has again amended its data breach notification law. And over in Newark, lastly, Uh, New York actually prohibits reproductive health decision-making discrimination. I know we talked about that before, but this has popped up again in the headlines. So um, if you're in that area, you definitely want to take a look and find out what's going on. And that is what we've got across the nation. All right, so today's episode is about 10 business pain points that every business faces and what you and HR can do to help knock those out and build value for yourself. Now, what this podcast isn't about is what a business can do to address the list. This episode is about what HR can do to help address each one of these items. So, these are all issues that I've been involved with helping business owners and leaders address in some fashion. And these are all things that with your ingenuity and communication and a little bit of research can help work to address and you can help knock these things out of the ballpark and no longer have them be pain points. So the first one we're going to talk about is that we're having quality issues with our products. Now you may initially believe that this is really kind of outside of the realm of HR and Usually with a problem like this, it's going to be either a people issue or a process issue, but to be honest with you, it can actually be just a little bit of both. So a few things HR may be able to help resolve, and includes like helping to review the manufacturing process. After all, we are really a fresh set of eyes. Since we don't perform the role each day, and may be able to identify some holes in the pre- procedure with objectivity. Um, <clears throat> something else that we can do is help identify if and where there is a need to train people. Is the process documented properly, and if so, are all the steps in place um, for employees to follow? Is it something that they can that people understand what these steps are and what the expectations are? Um, You can help review the team to help leadership determine if the right people are in the place to perform the role. And if not, what is the company going to do to ensure that the right person is in place to perform the essential functions of the role? Okay, so that's that one. Next pain point is, I need to sell this business. Now, in order for a business to look attractive on paper, it needs to be attractive in the real world and a lot of that attraction will involve the human capital which is partially demonstrated on the profit and loss statement and partially in the culture of the company as well so the HR capital management overall <clears throat> the big question is does the company have HR in place Right? That's a that's a big place to start. Does the organization have HR in place? Well if you happen to be the person sitting in the HRC you can knock that question right out because the answer is yes. The next thing really is to take a look at policies and effective processes. Those things are going to be critical okay? because nobody wants to adopt a hornet's nest of issues. Does the company have the effective policies and processes in place in order to effectively manage the human capital in the organization? Now, culture is the intangible asset that touches every aspect of the business. And HR, if it's not there, <clears throat> can help to define, establish, and maintain control- culture as a, as a partner and as a, having a seat at the table. But if it is there, the question is, what do you do to help improve it? What do you do to help solidify it? Okay. And then lastly, under selling the business is compliance. Compliance, compliance, compliance. Are all the HR practices in place compliant with federal and state laws? Now, here's something that I'm going to tell you about what happens when a company sells. Hopefully, if you run into this, you are not under the gun. You're not being told that, oh, yeah, we're going to be selling the business in 30 days. Typically, when you've got a very effective leader, you have... Um, somebody that sees the future far in advance, you're really looking at an organization that is preparing for the owner to exit and retire or exit and move on to something else, probably, hopefully within at least a year at the very minimum, if not up to about five years. So really working on preparing the business for sale, uh, crunching the numbers, working with a consultant that will effectively help the transition and build that value that's on paper Um, it does take time so it's not like hopefully it's not like you just get that phone call it's like well hey guess what we're selling the business in a week fabulous because there's really not gonna be a lot you're gonna be able to do with it okay now (laughs) you're gonna love it when I say this one our website sucks (laughs) that was one of these pain points in, in, in preparing for this that uh, came out of a discussion is that is something that, believe it or not, HR can be a part of, or at least we're not the ones that should be taking on the project overall, but there's one very important section that HR does have control over, and that really is the careers page. Okay, <clears throat> It should be highly functional so that you're really able to attract the most qualified talent. Right? This is where people are looking into your company. They want to know what it's like to exist in it, What's what it's like to work there. So th- this actually includes, um, when you're going through this, you want to take a look at your career page and you want to look at, are your open positions on, up to date on the website? The job ads, are they actually branding your company as an employer of choice? Job ads should really read like they've been written by the same person. It's called one voice, and that what that does is that keeps consistency. So number of times in the past when I've done, uh, you know, career shopping, because I, I do jump out into the job market just to see what's going on and to better understand the experience, especially when I do the transmission work over at the Honor Foundation. Um... I want to know what it's like for some of these guys. So I'll jump in and I'll kind of career shop a little bit. I'll job shop a little bit. I may even submit something. But when I see a company that has job, job postings that are written very different from one another, that's kind of like, that's a flag to me. Okay. <clears throat> so if it's a flag to me, it's probably going to be a flag to somebody else because there's no consistency. And consistency is key. In this case, um, does the link to submit an application or a resume for consideration is it functioning properly? You'd be amazed that you, how many times people will post a link and it's actually not working, and they don't understand why they're not getting any candidates or something. If your website has video testimonials um, from past employment experiences, and those are out there. <clears throat> Um, it must exclude any sensitive information and and here's a big one, if you are a federal contractor, you are prohibited to permit any data of any kind establishing the identity of any of your employees. So you if you have video testimonies, you're really going to want to seriously consider thinking through these and what the content is that you want released on it, plus making sure that if you're a federal contractor, maybe video testimonials are not your thing. All right. If you post benefit information, <clears throat> be mindful exactly what you post. Otherwise, your competitors may find a way to use it against you. Uh, not so much to you know create some sort of legal havoc, but you know if you are in a company, you work for a company with some very close contention between you know another local provider. Well, they. They, you ever see that spy versus spy comic? That That's kind of what it is a little bit between some businesses. They do pay very close attention to what they're putting out. And they do competitor analysis uh, upon each other. So, um, you know, being competitive isn't just, you know, price, placement, product, and distribution for a company. It also has to deal with people. So, um, you know, your competition is paying attention to what you're doing. So seriously think about how much you want information out there as to what you're willing to offer. Okay, next pain point. Our employee turnover is too high. Now, this one is a very tough one in today's market, uh, simply because of the way the job market is I mean we still have the lowest unemployment we've had in this country for a very long time we've got more positions available than people to fill them in some respects that's a a good problem to have because that means that we have a very healthy economy however it doesn't help when we've got companies that are trying to you know grow positions and grow their organizations and it feels like you just can't hang on to those people because they're flipping flopping in and out of jobs now you know, first, are you even tracking turnover to substantiate that statement? That would be the first question I have so if I heard this our employee turnover is too high it's like, okay, so what are you basing that from? are you especially if it's coming from somebody who doesn't have any, anything to do with HR It's just an observation, which means that it could seem that way okay so make sure that you really take a look at your numbers and you'll need to actually consider if your turnover is high or low for your particular industry and figure out what that benchmark is so forgive you I'll give you a, a, an example retail restaurant industry both extremely high when it comes to turnover okay but you may have some development you may have some think tank startups where their turnover isn't as high well those are two completely different types of industries out there So the so that's a big question is your turnover high or low for your particular industry and you'll need to figure out what that mark is and then determine if your workforce turnover is high or is it high in a particular area so is it overall or is it just in a particular department so is it segmented right is it only high in ops is it only high in sales is it high in accounting is it high in marketing is it high in training right <clears throat> to figure out where exactly your your openings are and, and you probably may wind up learning that if you have um, a segmented turnover that's high within your organization that there's probably a deeper underlying problem that you're going to wind up having to visit. Review your data to determine how you can better understand why turnover is high. So when you guys are capturing your your termination information for your uh, your HRM, um, make sure that you are putting in The reasons why they're leaving is it voluntary is it involuntary right if it's involuntary what are the reasons try and get the best information out as possible knowing full well that you may not be getting the most accurate information because like I mentioned before if there are problems in the workplace then you may not may not be dialed in and that's very common and not that you wouldn't be dialed in I'm just saying that sometimes employees aren't very honest about why they're leaving they just kind of want to go without any <clears throat> without any hard feelings or drama and things like that so um, another something else that you can do is implement some sort of data feeding system to really better understand turnover in your company and that kind of goes with what I was talking about a little earlier, uh, you know, HRM. But you also want to look at where in the li- employee's life cycle your turnover is happening and is it happening during the hiring process so when you've just extended an offer and then the person decides to back out on their acceptance and go somewhere else is it happening within the first 3, six, nine, 12 months of a person's employment? Is it happening within their first 3 to 7 years? Or is it happening past their 9 years, right? Or even further on? So <clears throat> those are some, you know, pretty common uh, time frames to look at to determine whether or not, okay, what part of the life cycle, and again, some more data for you guys to, to really chew on. Okay. So the next one, the next one's actually a pretty difficult one. Um, <laughs> this this actually really is probably one of the most difficult ones and um, and toxic and contentious, but this one is my business partner. Well, he's a jerk. <laughs> so and it happens. Business partners don't always play nice together. Sometimes the relationships fall apart and you're really going to find yourself in a position to where some days you may be able to impact the situation some days you're not okay probably most days you're not you may just be able to help get get the surviving partner through um, or if they sell the company altogether and hopefully get a new boss but um, it's going to be challenging but being that you work for both partners really the betterment of the company that they own mostly you're gonna be faced with dividing loyalties alright and there's honestly there's no way around it unless one of the partners is compl- has completely done something to violate the ethics has committed some form of criminal act then you know what that that makes things a little bit easier but presents in, in and of itself a whole new whole new depth and breadth of, of challenges that come around it too if the majority of the owner is moving forward with buying out the minority partner then really your support needs to go to the majority partner not the minority partner okay if the partners are doing something unethical then like i said then you need to determine really whether or not you're staying or going cuz it's going to get ugly uh, and it's going to make a huge impact on you okay that's something i'm i'm In the next episode coming up, I'm talking a little bit about you really have to nourish yourself. And this is one of those areas that you really have to figure out when are you an advocate for the company, when are you an advocate for the employee, and at what point do you become an advocate for yourself? Because you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of everything else. And when you're in this situation to where it gets uncomfortable and stressy and and it's just ugly, you really have that's when you have to step up because usually what happens is that we step back even further than we don't put our needs our needs fall off the list of priorities. Alright, and now it's very highly likely, so if you've got some contention between partners, it's very highly likely that lawyers are involved or may be involved very quickly. All right. You will probably fall under some form of legal guidance that the attorney has issued, such as document holds collection of data things like that okay if those things come up you have to comply with them you can't rebel against you can't say I'm not doing this I'm not getting involved if you get a notice from the attorney you actually have to work with that attorney directly um, or you know finding out what's going on I mean there's a lot of a lot of specifics that can fall into that place but just know that you have to ask questions you have to make sure that you're doing what's in the best interest of everybody and that's I'm sorry gonna be a real challenge okay so what to do about the employees and their needs well there's so many variables that I really couldn't even begin to calculate these possibilities however do not let anybody see your frustration in all of this and this is probably one of the hardest parts I've been in this situation and it's I'm just gonna be honest with you it's pure hell and you've got when you've got partners that aren't playing nice in the sandbox it impacts everybody nobody is going to be free from feeling this directly in some form or another especially if you are in HR you're so close to everything now everybody's coming to you for that emotional and moral support because it is hard and it is contentious and it's ugly and it's you know it takes the engagement right out of the workplace and it destroys culture and it's just You know, it's like being around two cats fighting. You just hope you're not going to, you know, get pulled into that mix, okay? So make sure that you are doing your best. You cannot sit there and voice your concern. You can't sit there and gossip. You cannot sit there and just tell people, I wish this would go away. You can't do that because people are looking for you to be the strength. So it means you're going to have to figure out internally what's going on for you, okay? The reason why I say that is that, honestly, if HR craps out, then your employees will feel absolutely no hope whatsoever. And, honestly, this is kind of a situation that can close a business down just because nobody wants to be there, nobody's going to show up, customers aren't going to, their needs aren't going to be met, money's not going to be coming in, and it's just going to be a mess. Okay? Ugly situation. All right, enough of that. All right, so the next one is is that we're not able to keep existing, uh, excuse me, yeah, existing customers. Wow, I would have totally read that wrong. I said exiting customers. That wouldn't have made sense with it. All right. So first off the top of your head, other than my uh, grammatical faux pas there, you may start thinking that like, well, isn't this more of a sales thing, right? Well, not really. This is actually retention, is what this is. So once you get your people in the door, now you got to keep them in the door, right? So this is where HR has the ability <clears throat> to work. And I help identify what key performance measures or key performance indicators are needed to maintain those client relationships, right? What on the balance scorecard is needed in order to better make sure that we understand that this segment of the the business is doing what it's supposed to, this segment of the business. These are the things like the KPMs and the KPIs, key performance measures and key performance indicators this is what a company defines as as the comp- helping the company to continue to move forward okay so really what hr can do is help analyze who's performing and who's not and be part of an action plan design to either build that person or those people up which honestly in my opinion is the best solution if possible okay or, hate to say it, figure out how to exit exit them out of the company if they're not the talent needed to turn the situation around. I have always been a proponent of don't hang on to bad talent. However, I've been a bigger proponent of doing everything you can to make sure that you can honestly say we've given this individual every opportunity to step up and do what's required. We've provided coaching. We've provided training. We've provided tools. We've provided material. We've provided time, right? If you are able to say that, then you can, <laughs> you know, hopefully lessen the impact of something that's not very pleasant about exiting talent. But nonetheless, being able to figure something out where they can turn it around will definitely help the situation also help identify tracking mechanisms for those KPIs and a periodic review of the data okay that's really important so having the data come to you and doing nothing with it is just as bad as not providing an opportunity for somebody to grow and develop into the role so when you get data you have to act on it in order to move the needle forward. Just having the information doesn't do anything because it's not gonna change anything. Trust me, the situation will change on itself and it's likely to go backwards, okay? We can also assist with identifying customer service expectations and help communicate them through training, okay? Through setting up the employee for success within the role through training, through setting those expectations in their job description, when they come on board, really kind of reestablishing that we are customer centric focus and this is where everybody's got skin in the game okay alright so we're not able to keep existing companies next customers next one we're not able to get new customers now this does sound like a sales thing and you're absolutely right okay HR has the opportunity to once again have a seat at the table to help determine what the sales team actually needs. Are they looking for people with this particular skill set, this type of experience, this kind of education, and what are the competencies that are necessary in order to do the job. Now something that HR can do is propose and seek out professional training solutions that are actually targeted for sales specifically. Okay. Also, like in the previous issue, HR can really help identify those KPIs and get that data collection in place and help set up that distribution so that we're evaluating the output of our employees because the output uh, moves the needle forward. In addition, HR should also be a significant part in analyzing the talents and the skills that are actually needed for the role. Now the last three really surrounds business acumen. Okay. So the so the number three on the list here is revenues are okay, but profitability not so much. Okay. Profitability is tanking. So it, this is where HR actually does have a skin in the game when it comes to managing the bottom line of the company. Not completely, but we do impact it significantly. Now the top two lines in any p statement are going to be expenses relating to benefits and payroll. And it's probably going to be benefits first, payroll second. <clears throat> and if you have a light benefits program, it'll be payroll first, benefits second, more than likely. All right. So... HR should be really taking the time to analyze with their benefits broker on ways that they can save costs surrounding the benefits and healthcare uh, costs associated with like employee utilization um, and things like that. Now I'm going to be honest with you, if you're in small group, here's a little, here's a little tip of the day if you're in small group you're not going to have access to that kind of data that's just the way this works all right but when you get into mid-size and large group well then every month and every quarter you should be receiving information from your benefits broker and it, this comes in the form of a report and these are the analytics so you can actually take a look at how claims are being processed and where your key expense points is are so for instance who as an employee are your top 5 to 10 highest claim fees and charges assessed what are those highest costs on specific employees you won't know who the employees are cuz they cannot reveal that information but they can certainly explain what it is and what the classification it is so like if you have somebody who's with a heart attack or if you have somebody who has had to have, uh, you know, massive, extensive, uh, extensive surgery. Okay. By default, if you're a small organization, you're pretty much going to know the, who those people are. But when you get into a larger mega corporation, you're not. Okay. But you can still get that information, right? <clears throat> you can also get information from a dependent as to which dependents are spending the money, right? When they're caught and their claims are high. And they're of high dollar amount. Okay, you can see those things. You can also see what the reasons and the purposes are. Right? Is it psychological? Is it physical? All right. Is it, you know, what are your highest levels of prescriptions that are out there? Okay. All those things add up. It'll also be able to help you identify what's called utility, and utility is how your employees, which are also known as members, and the dependents using the benefits program. If junior has what is a come back again, chronic ear infection, are they going to the emergency room for treatment or are they going to a walk-in clinic? Those two have very distinct different costs and off the top of your head, I'm gonna guarantee you that the emergency room visit is gonna be way more expensive than walking into a walk-in clinic. And these days, there are actual telemeds. There's an app for this. I promise you, you can actually talk to a physician online through an app. It's an actual legitimate visit. Um, I had bronchitis for three months and didn't leave the house almost really for three months. Every time I started getting better and i go back to work, I'd have a relapse. It happened twice. It was awful. It was some of the worst three months of my life. Um... And so, actually, I wound up uh, developing a a medical relationship with a physician through this app, and he's now my primary care. I know that sounds kind of goofy, but all I need to do is just, you know, get my vitals and send them over to him, and, you know, talk to him whenever I have a question or a problem or anything, and and it's a viable claim. So, that's what's called utilization or utility. Okay. Now when you're working through this, this actually is not going to be a very quick turnaround unless you're really kind of working towards open enrollment. What I mean by that is collecting all that data, all right, and trying to figure out how you can make those adjustments. But when you're going through your open enrollment and you're tweaking your plan year, that's when your broker should be able to help you run some analyses on how we can bring costs down because it's a perfect time of the year to do that, okay? Okay you also want to analyze the limited amount of data available like I said that's gonna be a challenge but it is absolutely worth it because when you do that you're gonna identify trends I mentioned one already is utilization utilization will drive up cost the other trend is gonna be over in your pharmaceutical side And it's also going to be a trend on call-ins. So like how many times your employees actually call into their nurse online. You may be able to capture that information. It kind of all depends on the reporting structure of, of um, of the benefits provider. And then lastly, HR can also spend the effort to build a benefits education program to provide employees with helpful information about preventative care. And like I said earlier, as a perfect example, choosing that walk-in clinic versus the emergency room treatment. You know, helping them understand you guys want to do your preventative because it's going to, you know, prevent you from having to get, you know, deeper treatment later on down the road. Okay, so enough about that. The next one is going to be sales are too low. Okay, now here's where HR can work with leaders to determine staffing levels. Is there, and one of the things you can take a look at is, is there enough talent, or should the company invest in outsource sales to help? Okay, HR can also partner with sales leaders to determine the effectiveness of, sale, of the sales team effort through different types of reporting and talent analysis. It's all going to be unique to your organization. And then HR should also be prepared to start identifying a reduction of force plan in the event sales are unfortunately so low that layoffs are actually necessary. Now a very unique strategy would be to help initiate, and I love doing this and I've seen it work time and time again, help initiate a waste reduction effort that actually counters low revenue, which means when companies are starting to talk about cutting costs, When a waste initiative is in place, you'll be amazed at how creative people actually get. And get your whole team involved with this. There's nothing more that people want to talk about than, oh, my God, this is such a waste. Because then they honestly really believe that companies have those deep pockets. And then that's very conflicting for them when all of a sudden they see the company wasting resources. And now they have to let off, you know, let employees go. So that's certainly something that you guys can work on as well. And lastly, <clears throat> this is the last one, and this is kind of a big one. Actually, it's not a kind of big one. This is the this is the grand poobah of them all right here. And that is we don't have enough money, okay? This will be one of the greatest challenges to address with with leadership, okay? And at this point, leaders are looking for the most effective and impactful solutions to keep payroll flowing smoothly. If they are not in a position where they can actually draw from their resources, this is going to be a real pain point. This is probably one of the biggest pain points out there. So HR has the ability to help come up with creative solutions around compensation, future staffing needs, and working with leaders to increase productivity and reduce those what I call time suck efforts that are currently in place. Thus redirecting the employee effort towards work that protects the bottom line until financial opportunities are visible and viable. So that really means that you gotta really dig into cost you got to look at what HR is spending. It also means that some of your future programs may be completely on hold because those finances just really aren't there. Or if you signed a contract with an organization to implement something, you know what, you may have to just pull it back and get that deposit back in order to, to make things happen. And, and and that's just kind of part of doing business. Unless an organization is saved by a capital, uh, some form of capital venture organization or the bank you know, suddenly we'll go ahead and give them that loan that they've been saying no to. Um, Really the only way to get more money in is to either cut back or cut back on cost or increase effort in order to get more money in. So it's not an easy place to be in, but those are the big pain points that HR can go ahead and really be uh, a significant part in solving and have a seat at the table. so we're coming up against the Christmas holiday and everybody's gonna start winding down And uh, you know what? It's such a great time of the year. I hope you guys are really enjoying it. I do have some shout-outs today. Um, First out, I'd like to give a shout-out to Tony Klukas on Instagram. Thank you so much for your comments, and I'm really happy to hear your anticipation at the time from the interview with Eddie Penny, which, by the way, was episode 37, and Kelly McSaba on Instagram. Thank you also for commenting your support um, it's greatly appreciated. And then I got this really awesome email from uh, a woman by the name of Tracy Chong. I, I met her um, doing some networking, <clears throat> and uh, she and her president, this is, or she and the CEO of the company, um, are doing something pretty cool. So the email reads, Brenda, the demands of the holiday can often cause us to forget to take time to embrace the point of the season, which is sharing with those we love and caring for and with others we may never know. In lieu of traditional gifts or donations, Mark, our CEO, and I are both planning to visit girls' orphanages in the next few weeks in Sri Lanka and Jamaica, respectively, with gifts and donations in hand on your behalf. Wishing you and your family the happiest of holidays and incredible 2020. Thank you so much, Tracy. Oh, my gosh. That's huge. And you know what? Good on you for going out and doing something like that. I think that's just absolutely fantastic. So, um, wish you guys the the safest of trips from Sri Lanka to Jamaica. <laughs> Have an awesome awesome time. I I can't even imagine <clears throat> how fulfilling something like that's going to be. All right. So, folks, email me your questions. We've got um a really good question today. <clears throat> Um, and you can submit your questions on the bestpractices.org website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu and down towards the bottom of the podcast page is a submission form for you to post your question, which I may be able to read and answer on an upcoming episode. To- so today's question is that there <clears throat> is there a law that employers have to allow vacation days to full time employees? Um, and the answer to that is not at the federal level. But certain states may have it. Now, there's a little bit of a yeah, but that comes to this, okay? Um, there is, we've talked about patchwork law in other episodes, which basically means that you'll have different states doing different things. And so, if, therefore, you have a patch of law here and a patch of law there, and it kind of looks like a, a. if you could visualize a quilt <clears throat> with different little patches in there, right? So, it has a tendency to spell out a, a visual picture the United States is not being necessarily unified on a specific topic so in this case um there is something that paid leave is starting to kinda of become a topic right if there's uh, sick leave there's also, um, in fact we mentioned it earlier in this episode that um, forfeiture on PTO is no longer no longer being permitted in the state of Colorado so paid time off is now being impacted, and there are certain states that are actually, and I don't remember which ones they are off the top of my head, which are requiring employers to now provide X number of hours for X number of time off for X number of hours worked. I don't know. I don't remember all the details on that. Um, I didn't want to go too deep into researching that. And then also with the federal contractors, um, now there is also paid sick leave that is a requirement as being with government contractors. So vacation days, I wouldn't be surprised if something comes up, but just know that companies, let's just take a look at the federal contractor, for instance, if you have a general PTO bucket, a full PTO bucket, and you have calculated that your pay time off and your vacation now is all mixed in with this PTO, there's a certain entitlement that is now attached to the whole PTO bucket. Um, And if you want to know more about that I strongly recommend you talk to your employment attorney because one of the risks is, is that if an employee is pushing back they didn't get their full PTO and they only got their paid sick leave then the entitlement is at this point that they're entitled to that whole PTO bucket. So More and more government contractors are now starting to separate vacation from paid sick leave again, and um, it gets really super complicated when it comes to SEA contracts and those employees who are designated as SEA employees as well. So it's not as clean and cut and dry as it once used to be, but... It kind of depends on where you are so um, so I thought that was an awesome question to bring forward um, we've got some fun stuff coming up for 2020 and matter of fact folks next episode is going to air on Christmas Day and it is I've got a very special guest who's coming in all the way from Australia to do this she's fantastic um, and we're really going to talk about inspiration, and we're going to talk about how you can brand yourself as uh, in, in this field of HR even if you don't have experience. And so that seems to be um, a question that I've been getting a lot and some some comments. So when I'm talking to people and I've talked to several students they're like, how, <laughs> we're trying to get a job and we don't even know how to brand ourselves like how do, how do we get a job? And it's all in the branding, right? How do you say that you've got experience when you have none? <laughs> that's really, really hard to do. So we've got a new Facebook group that's rolling out, and it is the Next Gen Women in HR, and uh, which is short for the Next Generation in Women in HR. And if you want to get really great tips and information on building your skill set, this is one of two places that you'll be able to go and the second place I'm going to announce in the next in the next episode so you guys are welcome to go ahead jump on jump in it's a brand new group it's out so it's there's not a lot of people there but you get to be a foundational member as a result of it and um, come in And again on Facebook it is the uh, next-gen women in, in HR and it's gonna be awesome I'm so excited about it so you are welcome to go ahead and engage with me in that group <clears throat> for great tips and information on building your HR skill set. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Best Practices in HR. You'll be able to find me on LinkedIn just by my name, and that's Brenda Neckvottle, and the last name is spelled N-E-C-K, like the thing you want to choke. V is in Victor, A-T-A-L. And again, you can hop onto the website at bestpractices.work and while you're there, jump on the mailing list and get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. And I can guarantee you, what's coming in 2020 is going to really take your game to the next level. And if you want to take your game to the next level and build something fantastic for yourself, jump on and ride along because it's going to be impressive. I, it has been a busy, busy, busy six weeks in preparing for this and I'm not even done yet. So I am super excited. This is what keeps me up at night in a really good way. 16 and a half hour days working to get this stuff ready to get out to you guys and I'm just so excited about it and look for seriously I can't stop talking about it. So anyway, I'm not gonna say any more about it. Um, it's awesome, <clears throat> it's exciting, it's invigorating, it's really going to launch your 2020 and your whole next year On a completely different level, and uh, I'm just grateful that you guys are part of the ride. So, with that being said, we will talk to you on Christmas Day. Have a wonderful, wonderful pre ramp up to Christmas. Have a phenomenal Christmas Eve, and I will talk to you guys in a week. Have a good one.